Well, greetings in the Master's name. You can open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3. The uh, title of the message is The Kingdom. Just a thought on the song that Joe led about trusting Jesus and whether we've already got it all together. We, uh, it, it, it ends by saying, oh, for grace to trust thee more. So that would indicate uh, there's more learning to, to happen. So the kingdom, well, starting out a new year, this was um, a good a good focus for us to uh, yeah think about our lives here. Well, I want to notice a number of verses uh, this morning. We'll be turning to quite a few verses uh, to talk about the kingdom, uh, Matthew. Chapter 3, verse 2. Well, verse 1 and 2. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then if you go to the next chapter, it's verse 17. Talks about Jesus beginning his ministry and it says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that's the way they begin their message. A focus on the kingdom of heaven. Now, um, see if you can tell me. Quite a few hundred years before this, several hundred years before this, there was a prophecy about this kingdom. Do you know where it is? And of course, there's we're, we're see how many. What do they say? Over 300 prophecies concerning Christ's first coming. But I'm thinking particularly about a prophecy about this kingdom. There's one in Isaiah. Yeah. It's predicting the birth of Christ. Isaiah nine. Yeah. But I'm thinking about something that particularly prophesied about this kingdom. Well, yeah, that would apply. But I'm thinking particularly this kingdom. It talked about several kingdoms. This prophecy did. <laughs> Now you're shaking your head. You know what it is? You're in Daniel. Daniel. I'm in Daniel chapter 2. You remember, um, the king had a dream and he forgot his dream. And so he told the wise men, uh, tell me about my dream. And they said, well, you, you tell us what dream is and we'll tell you what it means. And he said, oh, no, no, I forgot my dream. You tell me what the dream was and, and, uh, and then what it means. And they said, well, now there's... That, that's an unreasonable request. That there's there only the only the God, I forget how they said it, but you know, that's beyond humans. And he said, Oh, you're all just stalling. If you don't do it, I'm gonna chop all your heads off. And so Daniel was part of the class of the wise men. And uh, so when they came to him, he told the person in charge of him, he said, Now why why is the king so so in such a rush about this? Uh, just give me a little time. 
And so he went back to his house and with his three friends. And they prayed. And God showed Daniel a dream and what it meant. And Daniel praised God. And so he told what Arioch or whoever, he said, okay, I'll, I'll go tell the king what he wants to know. And so, so they take him into the king and the king is pretty amazing. And Daniel says, now understand it's not me. There's a God in heaven that reveals secrets to men. And he said, this was your dream. You saw this image and the head was gold and the breast and the arms were silver and the belly and the thighs were brass and the legs were iron and the feet were iron mixed with clay. And what it means is that the head of gold is your kingdom. That's you. And after you, there's a kingdom coming. And I forget exactly what he said about each of these kingdoms. But the kingdom after that was the Medo-Persian Empire. That was the silver. And then after that was another kingdom, the brass. And that was the Greek Empire. And then after that was the legs of iron. And that was the Roman Empire. And then it says the feet, it says in the days of those kings, the kingdom will be divided. Well, the Roman Empire split. But it says, in the days of this kingdom, it says there's a stone. Okay, yeah. He said there's a stone came out of the mountain and hit that image and just smashed it to pieces. And it said, in the days of those kings, and that's the Roman Empire, a kingdom is going to be set up that's going to last forever. And that's the kingdom that Jesus is talking about here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, let's, let's talk about, uh, let's, let's just look and see how much is said about this kingdom. Chapter 5, 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, is the constitution of Christ's kingdom. And, of course, we won't go into all the teachings of that kingdom, but just you can store that away in your mind. That is the constitution of Christ's kingdom, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But just what Jesus talks about here, the emphasis on the kingdom. Verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, all through here, all through these chapters, it, 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 it's the characteristics of the people in the kingdom and how they're to live. But anyway, just this one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's exactly the opposite of earthly kingdoms. And then verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 19, uh, he says about the people that keep the commandments shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And then verse 20, another reference, except their righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, they won't enter the kingdom of heaven. And then at the end of his discourse, this teaching in verse 21 of chapter 7, verse 21 of chapter 7, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, what is this kingdom like? And so let's go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. 
Verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Verse 31. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed. Verse 33. Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. Verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. And 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchantman seeking a goodly pearl, seeking goodly pearls. And verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea. And so, it would take probably several sermons to unpack all of that, what, what that means, what the kingdom of heaven is like. But Jesus is, is telling characteristics of the kingdom. He's talking about the kingdom. Let's go to chapter 18, verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. Go on over to chapter 20. Verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And then, of course, as that goes on, it teaches a good bit about... The, all these parables are giving as a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is like and how it operates. Chapter 22. Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. Chapter 25, verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. I read all these verses partly just to emphasize the fact that Jesus talked about the kingdom. The kingdom is a big deal, if I want to say it that way. The kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, when he started preaching, he said, it's at hand. Right then. Okay, so what's the kingdom like? Well, we didn't really look at all that and, like I say, unpack it. But at least <clears throat> the idea that a lot is said about the kingdom and it's described what it's like. Now, who is in the kingdom? What is the nature of those in the kingdom? Matthew chapter 18. Chapter 18, verses 1 to 4. The disciples were interested in the kingdom of heaven. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? That sounds like normal politics. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, 
ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So he answered their question. And whosoever shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But that does not sound like the kingdoms of this earth. Chapter 19, verse 14, a little bit more he said, that's similar. But Jesus said, Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, that phrase, is used 33 times in the Gospel of Matthew. And that's the only book, the only gospel, well, the only part of the New Testament where the kingdom of heaven is mentioned. All the other references in the gospels and through the epistles are the kingdom of God. And so sometimes people try to figure out what's the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes uh, a distinction is made. The kingdom of God is maybe broader than the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus essentially equated them. Uh, but just to mention the emphasis in the scriptures on the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. So 33 times kingdom of heaven in the gospel of Matthew. And of course, Matthew is writing to the Jews. And some think that maybe there Matthew used kingdom of heaven rather than kingdom of God because they had used it and, you know, pronounced the name of God as too holy, sacred or whatever. And uh, But then it, Matthew did use kingdom of God a few times, five times I think it is. Uh, but then there's about uh, 70 times uh, that the word kingdom by itself knows kingdom of God about 70 times in the scriptures and about uh, 60 sometimes it's just kingdom, the word kingdom is used. And sometimes it talks about gospel of the kingdom. So the kingdom is an emphasis. Okay, let's uh, look at Matthew's, well, I'll just give you that one. You know that one. Matthew 6, 33, and that's in the Sermon on the Mount. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added unto you. So there's kingdom of God. Uh, let's turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Verses 14 and 15. Now after that Jesus was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So there's gospel of the kingdom. And saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. And so that's, that's a parallel passage to Matthew 4, 17 that we read about Jesus saying, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Mark records it as kingdom of God. So it, it's, it's parallel. It's, it's a... Let's also turn to Mark 4, 30 and 31. And he said, and this is the parable of the mustard seed, it's parallel to Matthew 13. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? And then it, about the mustard seed. And then Mark 10. Let's go to Mark 10 yet. Mark 10, 13 to 16.
And they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. The emphasis on the kingdom of God here and now. Now, I'm going to read the first part of the Apostles' Creed. And I want you to tell me what's missing. I, I mean, I'm going to read, I'm not going to leave anything out of the Creed, but I want you to tell me what's missing in the Creed. Okay? So this is the way it goes. I believe in God, the, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit. So you have the Trinity there. And born of the Virgin Mary, he suffered under Pontius Pilate. What's missing? Okay, it's very interesting. He was born of the Virgin Mary and suffered under Pontius Pilate. It goes from the beginning of the gospel to the end and skips over all the middle. The whole middle is teaching Christ's life and teachings about the kingdom of God. It's amazing. I never thought about it until somebody else pointed that out. And that's pretty well... That's pretty well the uh, history of Christendom, isn't it? They leave out the Sermon on the Mount. They leave out the kingdom of God. It's all future somewhere, you know. Can't live that way now. In John 17, before Jesus went to the cross, he said, I have finished the work. He said, I have finished the work. So what was the finished work of Christ? We ordinarily think it was the cross. And that was part of it. But he said, before he got to the cross, he said, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. So, it was the teaching about the kingdom and a demonstration of how to live that kind of life, of what that kind of life looked like. That was the work he had finished before the cross. Well, where is the kingdom? And when is the kingdom? Well, we already looked at those verses where John the Baptist and Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, Luke 17. Let's turn to Luke 17. Verse 
20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Or um, the, the Greek there is the idea of in your midst, it's among you. I'm thinking about Jesus said it cometh not with observation. You know, he, uh, he told Nicodemus, he said, uh, I should turn to that. He was talking to Nicodemus and he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, well, that doesn't make any sense. How can that be? And then Jesus went on to say, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then he talked about spirit birth, spiritual birth. And he said, the wind blows. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of it. I had to think about that uh, with this verse here where Jesus said, it cometh not with observation. In other words, it's a spiritual kingdom. You can see the results of it, so anyway, that that I, that phrase there where Jesus said it cometh off his observation made me think about what he said to, to Nicodemus. It's within you. It's in your. It's among you. It's in your midst. See the the uh, another translation of twenty one said uh, Luke seventeen twenty one. Nor shall they say, Lo, here, behold, therefore, behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. We already mentioned that. Okay, let's turn back to Matthew 12, verse 28. Matthew 12, 28. Where Jesus had cast the devil out of a man and the Pharisees said he's doing it by the power of the devil and then Jesus said about a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand how could he be using Satan's power to cast out Satan but he says in verse 28 if I cast out devils by the spirit of God then the kingdom of God is coming to you so he said right there the kingdom of God is coming to you the power of the kingdom is right there uh, but what is, I was trying to think, the, the, the cosmic conflict, I've talked about that before, the cosmic conflict between good and evil, between God and Satan, that, that is the history. That's the history of the world from maybe even before the earth was created when Satan rebelled or soon after, I, we don't know all that exactly. But that cosmic conflict, and I was trying to think, is there anything in the scripture that says about the kingdom of Satan? So he talked about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the gospel, the kingdom. It, and that phrase, kingdom of Satan, isn't, those words aren't in scripture. But right here, Jesus talks about a kingdom divided against itself. And he says, if, uh, he, he essentially, it talks about the kingdom and Satan's kingdom. So it's kind of right there. Okay, let's go to Mark 12, verse 34. 
Mark 12. Okay, this is the passage that talks about the great commandment, the greatest commandment. Most of you know the greatest commandment. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love the Lord your God. And then love your neighbors yourself. And so this scribe asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, and he gave those two commandments, and he pulled them from Leviticus. Leviticus had all these commandments, but Jesus pulled out these two. And, uh, and the scribe said, um, yeah, that's, that's the truth. Um, uh, and, you know, he's, and he kind of repeated what Jesus said. And, and it says in verse 34, When Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. He wasn't far from the kingdom of God. He, he perceived, he discerned the nature, the nature of the kingdom. He understood what Jesus was saying and he identified. And you know, it's kind of like it says in Romans. Um, I don't believe I have that here, but in Romans it says um, the kingdom of God is not food and drink let me find that verse um, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost it's not so much the physical it's the, it's the spiritual things of course we live it out in this, this earth okay uh, Matthew 16 28 in other words we're looking at the question where is the kingdom when is the kingdom Matthew 16, 28. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, I don't know what your experience has been, because you're not as old as I am, but I think I remember back as a young person or reading the scripture or maybe in discussions on Sunday school or Wednesday evening, how to explain that verse. There be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. That sounds like the return of the Lord. Uh, but Jesus, and so, you know, you go into these um, uh, <laughs> uh, what's the word I want? Um, you kind of go around and around trying to figure out how to explain this. Um, and, it just, and it just means what it says. Some of the people that Jesus was talking to, he said, you're not going to, um, you're, you're going to see it. You won't die till it comes. And let's look at how it says it in Mark 9, Mark chapter 9, verse 1. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. So, where is the kingdom? When is the kingdom? Uh, this is the beginning of next Sunday's message um, as I was studying for this and I was planning to 
bring this message today and then another message next Sunday and then I, I kind of realized uh, as I was getting into this that it was going to make a pretty long sermon. So I decided to divide it and do the other half next Sunday. Uh, but it says in Acts, like just before Jesus ascended, it said he was with the disciples 40 days speaking to them of things concerning the kingdom of God. And so then you had the day of Pentecost and you had the power of God demonstrated. And to me, when Jesus said, there's be some of you standing here which shall not see death till you see the kingdom of God come, that was what we see in the book of Acts. And so the kingdom now. Now, I have time for just a little something that I was kind of wanting to share just kind of by way of encouragement or testimony, and I didn't think I'd have time. And then when I decided to split the sermon, I thought I would have time. And it's, it's not exactly related to the kingdom, and yet, in a way, it is. And um, I've been reading in the New American Standard, and you're familiar with these... Um, these, these, this teaching, these psalms, and so on. But I just want to share it again. It's so. Um, it's so encouraging. It's so fortifying. We. The the year we've come through has been a different year. Of course, we don't know what another year holds. And it's often said we don't know who holds it. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future, and that's a very good saying. But uh, but uh, to me, these um, this just sort of speaks to what we have for our foundation. In Psalm 115, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to Thy name give glory, and that's what our lives are to be all about, because of Thy loving kindness, because of Thy truth. Why should the nations say, where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. And then it goes down through here, and it covers all five senses, if you like, health and science. The work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. Those who made them will become like them, everyone who trusts in them. And then uh, I want to, um, well, I'll read a couple more here yet. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in in the Lord, he is their help and their shield. And then Psalm 118, a um, couple verses here, 8 and 9. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Where's our trust going to be this coming here? And then back to Psalm 115. You who fear the Lord... Trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. 
He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord. The small together with the great. And this is kind of a benediction or blessing here. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And back to the kingdom. Colossians 1.13 Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Where is the kingdom? When is the kingdom? The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. We've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Let's kneel for prayer.